Gosh, what are we doing? It's been so long since we got to do a Star Trek Next Generation commentary track. Uh, it has been a long, long time. It's been a long road getting it's, from there to here. It's been about a, it's been a little bit more than a year since we did a Star Trek show, man. Like, uh, and don't forget, like I think you, so. you are. And I, I keep pulling it out. Like, uh, typically, like uh, the last show. Uh, Number ninety-seven that we recorded. You were busy being a union guy, burying some bodies, Jimmy oh, Hawkins style. Uh, always. Totally. Uh, my name's Joshua Michael. Uh, I am the HM Murdoch <laughs> of the minefields. You, you are the Hannibal is that Smith. His, are those his initials? HM Murdoch. Yep, Howling Mad Murdoch. Nice. Uh, nice. You are the Hannibal Howling Smith. Howling Mad Murdoch. And uh, of course, Mr. Morales. <laughs> Eighteen references, everybody. Yes, 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 sir. And Morales is the BA, uh, the, the the Mr. T of the show. But it's just us tonight, which means... I thought, I which, thought you were Pace. Yeah, I keep going back and forth, but I'm fucking crazy, dude. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> the, 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 but it's just us tonight, which means Crockett and Tubbs. Crockett and Tubbs time. That's where it is. We're Crockett and Tubbs it's, when it's when it's a duo act between between Joshua Michael and I on the on the uh, on the minefields. I'm Colin Ward. I am not usually throwing my name out there like that. Wow. Uh, yeah, I'm Colin. Uh, no, not at all. Like you know, you don't want people like you know calling up on the horn, making you show up for autograph deals, make your life a hell. Um, <laughs> totally. It I mean, happens. we were talking. I was talking to uh, my girlfriend today. No, yesterday about uh, uh, people when we were doing the Star Trek auction in the early 2000s and being accosted by prop collectors who were trying to get a get a line in on what we had scheduled for whichever auction and it was some spy stuff sometimes they were they were sneaking there were people going through the trash there were people sneaking into one of the retail store locations uh trying to find things and and uh like stealing telephone call like number lists and stuff like that and somebody found the number to our warehouse and started then they just posted it on some message board it was just phone calls all the time uh that kind of stuff happens you got to be careful with your identity everybody you got to be real careful but uh right now we're crocking in tubs we're not going to say who's the black guy or who's the white guy but what we could boil it down (laughs) to is who's the ferrari are they both ferraris they're both Ferraris. I like the Ferrari Daytona. I like the first Ferrari, the black one. Well, then I'm then I'm the Testarossa. I, was yeah, gonna, I think you're the Testarossa guy. I, I'm gonna insist on being the Testarossa, like because that. Uh, yeah, there's just something about that Daytona that I love, don't, even though it was it, fake. It, no, it's sleek and sexy and curvy, and then but the the Testarossa oh, yeah. is all flash and, mm-hmm. and the the weird stupid shit about me and the weird stupid shit about you for each car, but we're still. We're still, dude. You know what I found out yesterday, and uh, that completely fucking blew my mind. Like, I, and, and I, I, I don't know how to tell you this, but you know I'm a 16th Apache. My my mom's dad's mother, her grandmother, uh-huh. 
was a full-blooded Apache. So I'm a 16th Apache. Turns out, my mom's... Mom's dad... Full-blooded Italian. Really? I'm a, I've, I'm a 16th Italian. <laughs> and she's like... And she's like, why do you keep always saying you're Mexican? I'm like, we're Mexican, man. Like, you know, like, we, you know, grandpa uh, on dad's side, you know, like Spaniards moving to, to Mexico. There's there's some Mexican in us. You know, we're, we're the light-skinned ones that we're not, we're Mexican enough to hang out, but not Mexican enough to be one of the boys. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Italian. Completely blew my goddamn, I'm, I'm 6'3". Dude, you got a good look. I don't know. I mean, you know, I know every once in a while you you're just like you're not. I don't know if you're totally into it, but I, you just you've got a good look. You have you are pan ethnically ambiguous. You could pull off a lot of different things. I, I can't pull off Italian, man. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't think you could. Unless, I don't think you could pull that off. Unless I'm cooking, I can, and like it explains how well I can make Italian food, but not just because I worked in an Italian mm-hmm. restaurant. I worked at Johnny Carino's for nine. Miserable, slash I can't, awesome years. I can't find a, one of those that's open anywhere that I've been in my home state here. I think there's one in Tulsa. I can't find. There's one that burned down down the road from me, and they finally like eliminated all all, all remaining aspects of it. Uh, uh, that was down where one of the protests was happening last year, but the burning down was not related to that. And there's one up the road uh, from me, and it's closed, and they haven't changed a thing about that building. It's kind of an odd retail location just because it's, uh, um, it's, just, it's just on a strange corner. And, and uh, it weirds me out looking at businesses like that and going, who's going to what, – what's going to move in there besides – Something you know th- that Mediterranean style of architecture. Is it going to be a Mexican restaurant? Is it going to be another Italian restaurant? Who's going to move in there? That that place is not going to become a burger joint. There's a but, th- uh, there's a really cool thread on Instagram called the uh, used to be a Pizza Hut. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> I want to check that out. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Like it's it's restaurants that are now in a, in a former like '80s pizza. There's a really killer one in Norman. I hope it's still open. I've been to Norman like. God, I don't think I've been to Norman in like four years, um, but um, it was Jim's Barbecue, uh, former uh, NFL player that played for OU and also played for the Jets, opened up a, uh, a barbecue joint in an, in an old ass uh, Pizza Hut that is right off of Lindsay, and I hope I I pray to God it's still open because the guy was a God blessed awesome man. Uh, he would come into Carino's actually. That's how I met him. He would come in like uh, like a late. Like, right before, like, in between in between shifts, he would come in, like, where there's no one in the store. It's just the, the closers are showing up and replacing the openers and uh, work's going on. Like, liquor uh, inventory's going on. You know, you got plenty of time. There's not anyone coming in. But he'd come in, and he'd always be reading a fucking, like, Harlequin, like, romance novel. Just the biggest. No problem there. He'd always get the he'd always get the triple skillatini. The triple skillatini was a uh, they they would always have these cast iron skillets and these wooden uh, um, mats to put them on, like like cutting boards. And um, so they serve it to you. They put the 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 wooden the, the wooden board down and they put this cast iron skillet, but they'd already put your 
uh, you're spaghettiing it with like hardcore marinara sauce, but like and uh, big chunks of uh, green uh, green peppers and uh, uh, the the white onions, you know the the sweet ones with uh, okay. your choice of meat. But he'd get the triple. He'd get the the Italian sausage, the shrimp, and the chicken. <laughs> you're oddly obsessed with this. Yeah, it was it was delicious because it was like the the <laughs> the the uh, the the hot ass skillet they would give it to you would fry your spaghetti while you're eating it. It was awesome. Oh, that's wild. And he was just the nicest guy, and his his barbecue joint was awesome. And I really hope that that former Pizza Hut is still inhabited by. Uh, 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 Jim's uh, fucking barbecue and Norman, man. Uh, but what are we doing tonight? We're doing Star Trek. We're doing parallels. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. what a segue. I don't even know how to segue out of this. Uh, we're just going to we're gonna do a hard a hard right turn into this Star Trek episode. Uh, you Tell me how you... How, tell me how we landed here. You were we thinking land- that we were... We were talking about starting to watch uh, the movies together. Correct. And you had not quite caught up. And I asked you if you'd seen the last episode of TNG. I'd seen. Because you said you had months and months ago. I have seen it. But because I think what had happened was I'd fallen asleep drinking one night and it just played all these episodes and then it told me that I'd like already watched these and I just needed to watch uh, uh, the last two. Don't and trick. Yeah, and then so uh, I was looking into it and I called you and like, no, I've, I've missed uh, like a, a solid like 12 episodes. And um, Oh my gosh. And I uh, got you into it. You slept for 12 hours? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it was I don't know those... anybody who gets to do that. One of, one of those things, but... uh. <laughs> Let me tell you this. If you were going to play a Star Trek drinking game, I think you could get away with... Uh, I saw I saw a collection on YouTube recently where Star Trek characters are saying, some kind of. And every time somebody... That's just one of those things. You could drink every time somebody says, some kind... It's some kind of temporal flux anomaly. It's some kind of... Klingon weapon. It's some kind of blah blah blah. I don't know. It just appears in a lot of episodes. They never really know how to identify anything. No, it, it makes sense. Uh, it makes sense. But yeah. I'm, I'm not that classy. I'd wanna. I'd wanna play take a shot. Every, <laughs> I, I wanna play a take a shot every time uh, we see some uh, hard ass nipples. Some hard ass. Oh come s- now. Space nipples. <laughs> Star Trek. Our Star Trek episodes are not supposed. They're supposed to be PG thirteen. They are, but I didn't. Anyway. See, I didn't say WAP. I said hard ass nipples. H A P. Yeah, so we're all right. Well, well yeah. uh, give us a breakdown. If, if there's of... anything Star Trek's full of, it's T N A. So uh, give, uh, just very, us... they're very they're always pushing the envelope of that. Give us the breakdown uh, of what the hell is happening in this episode, like, and why it's important. Uh, yeah, we are we're watching the episode Parallels. This is the uh, probably pretty well-known Next Generation episode, Season 7, Episode 11, uh, premiering in uh, November of 1993. So this is the last season. It's really close to the end of the series. Uh, really easy to find this episode on Blu-ray now and high def. It's on Netflix. It's on Hulu. Uh, is it on uh, CBS or Paramount Plus or whatever the crap? I what are they not, doing over there? I have not invested ever I, since I'm, I canceled on Paramount because we finished watching yeah, Picard like year and a half. We finished ago. watching Picard, and I'm not. 
I'll probably buy the Discovery DVDs, watch it, and then trade them in. I, I, I ended up trading my Discovery DVDs out. I, I, I guess I'm not a hater. I just, I'm not going to go back and rewatch Discovery. That's, that's my problem uh, with it. I, I'd rather watch, I, I did buy the Lower Decks DVDs, and I've rewatched the heck out of those. So I'm excited for us to watch together Lower Decks, and then uh, later you'll end up watching that that cartoon series and probably really loving it. Um, but uh, so this is parallels. This is a f- pretty famous episode in the TNG continuity because Worf is Worf, a character you would not expect this kind of thing to happen to, is getting yanked from one reality to another. Subtle at the beginning and more wild as these things skew farther and farther apart from one another. And uh, he's, like I say, this isn't the, like, Star Trek has the awesome tendency to pick a character that stuff shouldn't be happening to. Like the episode where Dr. Crusher is, her universe is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Because she's in the static warp bubble that until really, finally that really rem- that you know. episode really made me uh, like I was thinking about that episode throughout the entirety of watching Parallels because like just disjointing yeah. disjointing a character that is completely out of their fucking wheel well. <laughs> yeah, I would. I don't know why nobody ever did an episode where some totally innocuous crew person or ensign came running up and was like, "Hey, something crazy is happening to me." And they'd be like, do we believe him? Do we not believe him? I mean, it happens to Data. It happens to Jordy. It happens to uh, maybe even, like, especially O'Brien in Deep Space Nine. My God, every season something insane happens to that poor guy. I love that. And it became a trope. O'Brien has to suffer. (laughs) And that was just a a gag. But nothing like this kind of thing. These things don't happen to Worf, and so that it happens at all. Because if it happened to Picard... He'd figure it out. If it happened to Data, he'd get this thing nailed down in ten minutes. No big deal. Ten minutes, you know. Yeah, this was a solid like Like, thirty minutes of confusion. Yeah, exactly. That's what I really appreciate about this. And and uh, you and I make a a point when we're seeing stuff that's that's just crazy happening to characters. How long does it take them to start figuring things out? We we complain about that when we're reading event books and comics and it's like everybody's just panicking and what's going on what's happening blah 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 for like five six issues before someone rallies and figures it out and at least in this one uh it starts to make sense for people but they still can't stop it for a while and then the consequences get wildly out of control and then uh and then of course what happens so we're going to start watching this here in a second this is like i said parallels season seven episode eleven if, uh, if you're trying to follow along with us, obviously, you've seen this episode before. This is definitely one you should watch before you watch a, uh, a commentary track with us. Joshua's seen it one time. I've seen it many, many times. Um, yes, sir. And it's kind of one of those fun go-to episodes when you just want to watch a weird Star Trek episode where everybody gets involved and interesting crap happens. So, uh yeah, we're going to let everybody get ready to go, and uh, we're watching this on Netflix. Don't forget, Netflix, it's on Hulu as well. And, That's right, and yeah. On you can probably watch this in a dozen different ways. But, like I say, Blu-ray, DVD, VHS, whatever you want. But on Netflix, it's way more high-res. It's it's so much prettier. It's, yeah. Here we go. Yeah. All right, well, let's hop to it. 
Uh, hopefully everybody's had a second to figure this out, and if you can't, it's not like you can't pause this and then come back to it. So yes, we're going to start. Are you, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, we're going to do it on Engage. going to start in three, two, one, Engage. We're going to get the, sh the little shuttle craft. Yeah, which craft is this? I didn't even catch that earlier. It's actually a really specific number. It actually plays into the entire story. Yeah. Okay, so one of the first thing I'm obviously going to say about this uh, is that, of course, I, you know, I did the whole auction, the Star Trek It's a Wrap auction, and I helped out with the uh, Christie's one. So this prop uh, is, oh man, that thing is bitching, and I didn't have that one because that one sold at, at Christie's. Um, when I was working with the auction, we had the ninth place one that's going to show up in a few minutes, and that thing was freaking heavy. So I can't even imagine how heavy this one was because I did not get to manhandle this. <laughs> I got Lieutenant, are you listening to me? Dorn. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're a little asequential, but uh, we're close enough. Um, I really... I think I'm not kidding. I think I watched this episode when I was probably in college at one time. I've seen it, you know, lots of times. But I think at one point, watching Riker in this, I made a personal decision. Like, I I love surprises. Like, there are people who don't like surprises. I'm just like, no, I love surprises. And I remember watching uh, Riker and just going, I'm gonna make that a thing in my life. He's a beautiful man. Yeah, Jonathan Frakes, everybody. He's ungodly beautiful. <laughs> hey, uh, you uh, causing trouble with my boy uh, Picard there? Yeah, we all showed up, and I'm in the uh, the biggest, baddest Federation ship ever, and please give us some excuse <laughs> blast your fucking ass right out of the goddamn sky. No, I love, like, I, I love the fact that he is decorating. Like, it's, it, it means something. Like, it needs the face this way. Yeah. Oh, I love the special effect they put on all of the uh I just all of the string. I, just I don't remember that. that. Like That's neon cool. neon silly string. Yeah. So it begs the question, how did Riker get back in there unless there's a second door? Did he beam in? Right. <laughs> and if he did, wouldn't Worf have heard it? Mm. I, I, We're gonna run the intro, everybody, because we always chat through I this will stuff. Never skip through the intro of next gen like it's these too, this is oh yeah, it's, it's too nice. beautiful it's too beautiful they yeah. always make it prettier and if you compare it to what's going on on hulu these it's so high def and just gorgeous and just really paying attention of the beauty of space and why it's important in the journey i i can't get over it like i go back and i think about how well this series holds up by way of uh by way of the colors the the props, the set pieces, the costumes, the makeup, like everything looks so good and contiguous. And that 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 legitimacy carries into Deep Space Nine, which was on the air by the time this episode uh, ran. In fact, I was reading earlier, let me see if I can find it, because I, I do have Memory Alpha pulled up, that uh, I think the episode of Deep Space Nine called uh, Sanctuary takes place on exactly the same star date that this episode does. Noise. 
Yeah, it's just neat little things like that that, you know, did, did they do that on purpose? Did Why they not? show up for the battle? What? Do they show up for the battle at the end? What battle? In this episode? Yeah. Like you say it happens, oh, Deep Space Nine? Like, yeah, you say it happens on the same day, or but oh wait, it doesn't matter because they're in different ships. No, no, it's no. All, it's of course, because Enterprise. it's a huge. It's about Enterprise ship. Yeah. 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 No, I the Deep Space Nine characters definitely don't show up in this. I'm just saying that like they have an episode to take place on this star date, and so this one does. It just works. God, she's beautiful. So one of the th uh, see they are I dig that they put the special appearance thing with. Uh, uh, Will Wheaton, but it's kind of, it kind of ruins that surprise. Like it should have been like the way they announced Kevin Spacey being part of Seven at the end. They didn't show his name. Exactly. Until yeah. yeah. We did have that knife. I definitely had that silly little knife. Uh, I'll say that one of the things I love about Worf's quarters is his decor is so very different than everybody's everybody else's and i really like the tree sculpture in the background which is also kind it's also a chair and really? uh when he brings yeah when he brings his son alexander to his quarters for the first time he sets alexander in the chair part of that biggest disappointment <clears throat> ever oh now <laughs> be nice to be be nice to alexander Eventually, he eventually gets his act together. <laughs> you know, it kind of strikes me as odd that the painting, the painting on the canvas, is stretched around pretty normal-looking cedar or pine or something, and I wonder why the art department didn't go so far as to make it look like something not wood. You know, something space age. I don't. It's just an interesting. I've never. I've never thought about it until just now. The replica to make wood, right? I don't know why it couldn't. I mean, it's just a molecular thing. It's a molecular structure. Oh, we did it. We totally had this sculpture, not sculpture. This this uh, casting of of uh, Alexander's. Uh, look, look, look at the cake. Ridges. Look at the cake. Yeah, the cake is different now. I've been really looking forward to rewatching this to find all the little little uh, oh, spot, yeah. the spot the differences. Oh, Mister uh, Mister Picard, you weren't supposed yeah. to be here. Call me Mister. Oh, look! There's Ensign J in the background. I always love her uh, appearances. That's Tracy Lee Coco. I think I made a big deal out of her. That's the shorter lady on the right. And I think that's Patricia Tallman was the uh, stand-in for Gates McFadden, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe a stunt double. These things, I, I don't remember everything. So this Argus array, this the model they built was impressive and really cool, and uh, they decided they wanted to use it again really quick. So if you recall, they were working on the Argus array in the episode The Nth Degree when uh, uh, Lieutenant Barkley was uh he trying to get everyone to understand something that only he can exactly yeah i was having a hard time <laughs> wrapping my head around how to explain that hm murdoch baby it's true the wild man mr david <clears throat>
ship looking all good. Look at the look at the Star Starfleet logo and that door was a little off. I gotta say, <laughs> I hate to bring up something completely different, but man, I Do cracked it. up in the episode. Uh, there's an episode of uh, that's uh, might actually be my favorite episode of Lower Decks when the uh, captain goes by the, the bar on the USS Cerritos. I'm making a reference to 10 Forward. I'm like, people are always hanging out in 10 Forward. And she goes by the bar and she's like, isn't anyone doing any work on this ship? And everybody <laughs> gets up and runs off. <laughs> Time to drink some space uh, coffee. Sober up a space coffee. <laughs> yeah. God, like... She's a goddess. Uh, like I can't, I can't get over how awesome her makeup is in every episode. They she, did a killer job. They really did, and I, I really love the fact that they don't over-sexualize people in this show. Like, I don't think that they do. I think you're right. I don't think that they do. But I gotta say, I, one of the things that people have commented on is how awesome uh, Counselor Troy looks when she's in her like actual Starfleet uniform. As opposed to her, you know... The dresses and gowns. I don't know what to call it. Yeah, the, the plunging neckline thing. Yeah, dresses and gowns. She... I, I, I guarantee if you ever go to a convention, Marina Sirtis has some things to say about being sexualized because it totally... It was absolutely happening. And unfortunately, I think that Terry Farrell pretty much left Deep Space Nine over... A lot of crap she was getting from uh, the producers. By today's standards, I'm not over-sexualizing her at all, but... By today's standards, yeah, no, you're correct. But it, I, I would love to hear the argument, and I would love to hear how much of a woman she is. I, 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 lo I like those sort of uh, conversations because she's a, she's a goddamn woman, goddamn it. Fucking respect me. Like, we're in space. Like, we're, we're not here to, to show some TNA. We're here to get shit done. And she's part of, like, God, like, they talk about inclusiveness and being progressive. Like, the Enterprise, like, that was never a thing. Like, the way, the way Takei said, like, was, was, uh, Sulu gay. Yeah, of course he was. But no one gave a shit in this year. <laughs> Just, just exactly. I mean, they also had the same thing. That's what I. You can go the same direction with what Roddenberry said about Patrick Stewart. He was concerned about casting a bald actor uh, at, to be the lead on this show, and he said, "Well, wouldn't they have come up with a cure for baldness by the 24th century?" And he said, "By the 24th century, no one will care." No. Okay, so this is a switch up. You're talking about it in yeah. terms of the uh, script. Here's the, here's the switch up here, obviously. It's pretty spot, apparent. Spot the things. I was over here, now I'm over here, and I'm going crazy, but I still think Alexander's oh, he's, a disappointment. Yeah. Worf switched positions, not them. That's pretty awesome. Uh, I'll say I did like uh, the Cardassian ship that flew in there. You saw the little uh, the recording of the Cardassian ship coming in. I always liked that they had a the Galor class ship, and I appreciated like that the the shape of those ships also ends up being the um, their sigil, basically their icono iconographic right. logo. You had a concussion. 
See, now, this mm. is where it hit home for me, because I've had, uh, I think I've had 12 concussions in my life, and it really scares the shit out of me. Concussions are no joke, man. They're, I've still got a, they're not, a ridge in my scalp, my no. skull from a, from one. The last one I got completely changed my personality, and but the confusion that he's experiencing is very similar to what it is to have a concussion, which is... Works mm -hmm. perfectly plays into what's going on here. If you know anything about concussions, yeah, you. But we get some differences here. Yeah, but, that's but, the one that I'm talking about. That's the one I had in hand. The kind of stuff that these people have to go through. There's no wonder they have a professional live-in counselor on every ship. Agreed. I, I have thought a lot about the kind of stuff that people have to put up with in New York and Marvel Comics, let alone anywhere else. You know, like, the, how does how can anyone, on a, again, here's that's the gag on Lower Decks, like, having to put up with so many crazy things and what kind of personality disorder does it create for everybody? I like the fact that there is a shared vibration here that we have to be the best people we can possibly be. Mm -hmm. Every single one of these people, like when they ask for downtime, it's not because they you know got too drunk or you know or their girlfriend broke up with them. Um, they got over it or they dealt with it, but they still functioned at maximum capacity. When you ask for downtime in the Enterprise, you are not questioned. Ever. Um, sort of, yeah. i got to say, Worf has got a bit of a pass a few times because of specifically Klingon concerns, especially by this episode. Um, have you seen the one with Kaelas the Unforgettable in it? Uh, Tony Todd? No, no, that's his brother. Uh, that's Kern. Um... Worf, Worf gets into some stuff where it's like, okay, well, you've hit the limits of what you're allowed to do as a Starfleet officer, but I have to go be a Klingon. Well, you know, all right, so he's going to resign and go fight in the Klingon Civil War or something like that. But it's, it's, never, it's never bullshit. Like, they, they handle their shit. Like, yeah, that's, they, that's, for, that's for sure. That's, that's my point is they handle their shit. They, mm -hmm. they, they, don't, they don't rely on crutches and when shit goes down, everyone is understanding. They they check in. I mean, the, the, this whole episode is a constant checking in. That's a good point. I really like that. That's a good way to to term it. Like yeah, like uh, I'm a little overwhelmed. Like, I just got to take a couple minutes. We got Cardassians here. God, he's beautiful. Look 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 at this Adonis of a man. How dare you fucking judge him for being fucking bald? It's <laughs> just a '80s perspective. Look at Gul Nador here. I really love. He's got that 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 wristwatch aspect on his costume. Yeah, that is molded foam rubber, and uh, it velcros into place. Nice. Uh, I think in other instances they had something that was uh, uh, cast resin. In fact, that may be cast resin. It's got too much of a sheen. Yeah. Not to be, unless they put some of it into it. The Cardassian uniforms are phenomenal. And this is this is post-Deep Space Nine. This is like, well, this is after the first season of Deep Space Nine was going, where they had 
really redefined what the Cardassians were going to be because previously they were wearing these totally other... In their first appearance, they were wearing totally other uniforms. Mm. The questioning here. Look at how beautiful... I just can't get over how rich the red of their uniforms is in these high-definition transfers. The money they put in to keep this show vibrant and to get people to come back to it and buy the DVDs in HD or buy the Blu-ray, it's just worth it. Look what they did to this. It's crispy. I just bought all the Doctor Who's uh, from the restart back in 2010. Yeah? Uh, each set was like 10 to... Uh, 15 to like 30 bucks. Hmm. She's just... She's a fucking goddess. Like, like... Yeah, like, those are some lovely like, shoulders. It, it'd be... It, it's just one of those things where, like... Like, where you meet a girl. And you meet a girl and, you know, she's gonna evolve, but... Going, going to evolve into a, a woman, but this is a fully self-actualized woman, and she. Like you're, you're appreciating the aspect of of her of her character and personality. A hundred percent. Her professionalism, her care. A hundred percent. I think that I think that's that's just the, they wrote her very very well. I mean, she she Marina Service Certis has some issues occasionally saying that she felt like she was. You know, space cheerleader, and then first two or three seasons where it's like, oh, you know, what do you feel, counselor, all the time, and how odd that was. But like, oh, somehow no. or another, like they really s developed her very, very well throughout the whole series. My, she's never been a side character. She's not Yeoman Rand. My, she's my, not a damsel in distress. Never. Uh, I, I she, even even when she was in Skin of Evil. She was still capable of arguing her point. Look at that. Arguing her point three with changes. Uh, three changes. The, one of the greatest villains they ever faced. I had a, uh, just real quick, I had a trainer when I, was, when I first started working at Progressive. The, the most beautiful, soft-spoken, uh, former military uh, black woman. But she was a woman. She was a lady. And instinctively, I never cursed or even said hell or damn around her. Like, the, like she had this presence that commanded respect. And that, that's what I'm trying to hit home on that. And, and just real mm -hmm. quick, we saw three changes, where the painting was, what the painting is, and the uniform that, that Troy's wearing. And now we're getting to a point where uh, Worf is being questioned. So, so it's getting worse uh, in, in terms of the uh, the character, because like right now, it's one of those things where not anything was really going on until right right now, and we find a he finds himself hesitating and being accused of hesitating, which is the worst thing that could possibly happen to Worf ever on. Oh yeah, he does not he does not hesitate. Never, no 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 question, no hesitate, no no hesitation, no no uh, questioning of uh, orders. And now Riker is staring them in the face. The worst stare you could get from Riker, like you just well, fucked pretty up. Much. You just fucked I, up. I, for, I forget. Uh, oh, Commander LaForge. Yeah, I gotta say, like, I I forget sometimes that the there is a major friendship between Riker and Worf, 
and it persists throughout the series and it develops and it's also part of the whole business when 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 uh Worf's back was injured and he was going to be immobilized and yeah. he wanted Riker to kill him and Riker wouldn't do it you know it's like there's a lot of there's a lot of friendship going on there so that they're but they're still co-workers in an ultra professional setting the just the, the the amount of respect all these characters have for one another just really goes a long and, way. And 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 we really got to hit that home. You really got to respect your 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 coworkers, people you're doing kick-ass projects with, and make sure that like everyone's like sense of being is is well kept uh, on on a consensus. Um, the 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 one thing that I I, I really wanted in Picard was when. Um, Riker showed up with with every member of the fleet, you know, ready to kick some ass. Oh my gosh! I, yeah, I, I like like one of the most mind numbing like goosebumps like don't want to say or do right now. Uh, I wanted it, them to pan out to uh, Worf on, on the ship too, uh, ready. Oh man! To, if they if they put anybody else in there additionally, it just would have been a no, knockout. No, no, no. It just, already was pretty just, cool. Just just for a little bit of an extra spice. Of like yeah like we're here to to mess everything up but oh yeah Commander Worf here is commanding everyone's uh we he's the one that's I figure he probably would have had his own he, you know, like you're gonna really enjoy Deep Space Nine for for even more Worf progression because you're gonna see him commanding starships on that show right and uh, no, it, no it's hard but like. It, it, I don't know. Yeah, I mean the whole the, that whole now we get that whole thing was awesome just because it was Jonathan Frakes coming back to be you know to be a, a badass again. Yeah, but if I just it, felt like it was unfortunately lazy that every ship was virtually identical. Yeah, but if but if everyone's coordinating the attack, like mm-hmm. uh, like he's got the earpiece, like okay, focus this on this and this. Like hey, Worf, you got this. Like yeah, we have. Instead of him saying we we have every everything like focused in like get a gun to Worf saying no I've got it I read you loud and clear, uh, him his <laughs> lean him what is going on yeah this is the the, confu- the another bit of confusion I want those cups, um, oh those cups were <laughs> the, the, the confusion you've got a gorgeous Greek is she's Greek right. Greek and Italian. I dare say yeah I believe she's Greek she's she's an English national though. That she's sitting on your bed, and he's like, "Okay, I will sit down." I'm yeah, this is too, this is too confused. weird. Like this, this would this has never happened to him before. Here's one. It gets, yeah, never seen that before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, babe, just wind down. That's a nice color, though. I like her. Uh, I like her costume. I also like her costume. <laughs> I'm all talking about like. Respect. It's kind of odd to think, though. Like, wouldn't they have got different shared quarters? It's very. It's still. I guess. I guess the because we know what's going on now. I mean, they're married at this point. Right. But the, um, the fact that his bed isn't just a bed of nails to lay down on all still. <laughs> um. With her uh, side mattress. Um. Uh, Side mattress? Yeah, you know those Tempur-Pedic mattresses. His side, oh yeah, yeah. I his side you. is all nails, and hers is all soft. <laughs> he sleeps in a pretty comfortable place. 
I've never like they've never gone out of their way to make him have like odds odd Klingon sleeping habits or anything. I do not remember us being mates. Like like what a like he's doing his like that's what, Klingon though. The, well, yeah, but at the same time though, he's integrating what he knows in Starfleet of, of, of being integrated in the, in the society. It was like I, I don't fucking know you, bitch. No, he he's doing his best to say his words as soft as possible. I'm confused. Something really weird is going on here, and no one's believing me. And if you're my mate, I need you to listen to me. And, yeah. And that's what's happening here. And she unquestionably, yeah, you're my mate. Let's or or or, or you're my husband. Like she's she wants to figure it out with him. She she's not telling him like, oh honey, you had a concussion. Uh, no, no, she's she's ready one hundred percent with support. Look at this. Look, look, look at her ready to support whatever happened. I, I think that's know. the thing. Yeah, I, I get I where you're coming you. from on the level that level of appreciation for the way that they've been consistent about the characters. It's a whole. It's an enormous thing to have something like that happen to you. Imagine any of us having something this crazy going on with anybody; they wouldn't believe it. But these characters get it because strange things happen to them all the time. Yeah, but look, and at they're the, like, "Well, let's figure it out." Yeah, but but look look how they switch. They, they switch uh, gears here. They go straight to Data, who is scanning, and, okay, Data is going to figure it out. So, like, it, it throws an extra monkey wrench here. Like, okay, I'm questioning things, but then, like, when is Data ever wrong? So, like, th- th- it, it adds this extra spice of tension. I'm loving it. Like, I, I Data could tell me black is white, and I'm like, well, I guess black is white. Pretty much. He's usually got a good reason for it. Speaking of which... His eyes, eyes are blue now. Yeah, I mean, I called you and I called you like his eyes are blue. What's going on? <laughs> mm-hmm. When did you, you know, like when you were watching this? When did things start like getting super weird for you? Uh, when he was married to Troy. Yeah, I think that's there's... where we all clicked. When that you know, there's just just, just out. Oh, look, the the warp core is totally different back there. She's now there's a guy standing in front of it, but she's too fragile. To be his, his mate. Oh no! You gotta, you gotta go back and, uh, and uh, think not, of what Guinan said in I'm, yesterday's Enterprise. I'm not. I can think of a few on ladies on this ship that would uh, give you a run for your money. Is essentially what she was saying. Yeah, but uh, what was the what was Alexander's uh, mom like? That was his. Kalar. Yeah, she was the ideal mate. Like. She kind of was his ideal mate. Yeah, I think, and of course, you had she that. She understood. She understood his love yeah. of Starfleet. Uh, like there, there, there's no way I could ever see him. I could see him hooking up with Troy, like, uh, uh, like from whatever reason that might happen. But I, I would never see him like marrying her because there's no way she'd be able to uh, give him a child that he would be okay with. It'd be very interesting to get a quarter. Human, half Klingon, quarter Betazoid hybrid that has a has that. That's a parallel universe I'd be interested in. What if they had a kid and she had a, they had a basically half Klingon, quarter empath child. Oh, this is what gets me right here. When the doctor Doctor Ogawa. Jordy's dead. Ah, that's terrible. It, and, Any but, universe where Jordy LaForge is dead is just 
the a, worst. A universe I don't want to live in. And but at the same, I know, but, just, just but ugh. don't forget at the same time though, uh, as uh, the writers of Next Gen have built in the trust that we didn't immediately burst into tears, like like or, or, or like it wasn't like some ploy where if this was a comic book. That was the last page of uh, the last issue until the next issue, the first page. Like, oh, guess what? He's like, oh, oh gosh, it? I know. Yeah, like the, the, yeah. It's, it's no stupid ploy. It's part of it's it's a good part of the meat and potatoes and the spice going on here without being a, yeah. a an emotional. Uh, oh my god! Like you know, to make people pop and upset them unnecessarily. And there we. Uh, oh my goodness! Yeah, what another a switch. switch. Yeah, another switch here. So these, uh, these, yeah, I know what you're saying. I, I dig that. Uh, it, you know, if it was a comic book, they would have ended it there, and then we would have to get the next issue, or they could have used this as a sweet, sweet thing. But, yeah, here we are in a totally different uniform. Oddly enough, the rank exists on the collar as much as it exists on the com badge. Yeah, it does. And this, this is a... Uh, this is the a re a reuse of these com badges from the future imperfect episode, uh, where Riker yeah where Riker wakes up what is it twelve fifteen years later and he's captain of the Enterprise yep. but it's a facsimile or it's a fiction. Um, one of the things I really like about those com badges also is that if you're like a lieutenant commander or a lieutenant junior grade. One of those bars will be silver, so it's gold to silver on those. No, look, look gold to silver, exactly. Have you noticed how? Yeah, how, there you uh, go. Uh, just real quick, uh, the uh, emotional aspect on Worst Face, he, like he's squinting eyes at Data, like he's squinting eyes at Riker here, like uh, earlier just a this minute is, ago. This is too much. It's it's, it's a one lot. thing to be married to Troy, but now your entire world is turned upside down. You're the first officer. You're promoted. Riker is in charge. You're in a universe where Captain Picard is not in command of the Enterprise, let alone where he is not alive any longer. That is crazy. Like, there's a lot of realities, and we talked about that recently, where Captain Picard would not necessarily be the captain of the Enterprise, but it, it begs the question of what kind of a federation are you living in? Yeah. If that's the case. How long have you been the captain of the Enterprise? Four years. Yeah, no, I would never want to live in a... And I think that's one of the the, I mean, the genius aspects, but also kind of a bad aspect at the same time of how they ended Picard. Is they just, they, just, I, they just film Picard saying every word in the human language and, and every every bit of, <laughs> every bit of uh, emotions on his face and, and talking it so we can have Picard forever. Um, oh, look at him. Look, uh, yeah. look, look how great yeah, he looks. Wesley Crusher. Security chief. I would never see it's him kind of security. odd to think would, Not security. Yeah. Not security. I, I wouldn't see that happen, but in a universe where the, with the Borg, maybe he did. I love this guy even more. We've got a Cardassian, uh, like, ensign helmsman. I totally dig that. That's wonderful. Uh, I did that's not the only that. time we. That's the only time we have ever seen a Cardassian in Starfleet uniform. Uh, that's wonderful. Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely love it. There's so much different about the bridge now. You know, you think about a post Wolf three five nine situation. A lot of differences in that universe. We got to talk about that in a minute. Like, 
Do you think that, like, Riker would really end up being the captain of the Enterprise, or would they have stuck somebody else in? Never. He would have, like... It, it would be like if one of one of us died. Uh, we minefields would be over. The other would start a something similar, but not the the heaviness of what we had going on. It'd be something. Yeah. It'd be something along the same frequency, but it would be based on the fact that the other is not there. And, yeah. And 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 being part oh. of the enterprise, yeah. being part of the enterprise is it, no, no, not never. Titan, obviously. Um. I really like that graphic they put up. I always talk. I talk to people about my having a flowchart brain. That's what my brain looks like. (laughs) How do I make a decision? I pick. I pick a path. How do they do that? Is it just? Is it just like plexiglass? They. they, Uh, That was definitely. No, I mean, that was probably an on-screen burn in post-production, but I do appreciate that it was at an angle, which is good, because that means that the lights aren't going to reflect on it. When you go back and watch uh, first uh, season Next Generation, a lot of times in the background you can see a substance called show card, which is basically like really heavy-duty black-colored cardboard that grips will cut out and they'll place it they place it on the uh, mission and science and engineering uh, consoles at the back of the bridge to block out light reflections because you don't want people to see the movie light reflections. But it's basically, it's all smoked acrylic. And uh, a lot of times, all the stuff that, like, you know, the consoles that Data's tapping on and stuff, um, all of those buttons that, you know, don't seem to have any... They, characterizations. They, they just light that's, it up. That's those are trans lights. Now, now, real quick here, I, I'm liking this this conversation here. Like, it, I always consider your friend, but you're not my wife. Something's going on, mm-hmm. and like, this is the full breakdown confession. And like the way he handles it so well and communicates it in a sense that uh, you would never really imagine a, a Klingon like being so soft handed. And, and her responding so well. Like, understanding, like, you know, talking about a kid they have, um, he's getting frustrated, but he is still, he still has the human patience. He, he still is not being shitty. He could be shitty as fuck right now. Like, he could be causing a mess. No, like, he wouldn't what? be that. He just, he's just not that guy. He's, and, of course, you got to keep it. In mind, my... She's an empath, and she absolutely, she, how could she not? If this was another person... Without the empathy, well, that's without my the point. legit like like supernatural quotient there, that's my point. It's she might not have got it. Agreed, agreed. But my point here is that the the, the, the levels of communication, uh, if you could talk to your girlfriend in that way when you're frustrated but still soft-handed, and she re- mm-hmm. realizes that you're frustrated, and like any other woman in the world would think you're mad and being mean to her. Um, she didn't respond that way. She she read the situation and she responded in a adult. Uh, let's communicate as best we can, and then we get to this. Yeah, we're about to get destroyed. <laughs> let me let me go one further with you, please, please. You're working on the ship with a captain who was, th- like, 
Riker and Troy oh, share yeah, we, we forgot. that we, element. They we, are we glanced, to one another. We glanced over that. Like, he, like yeah, you asked Riker for permission. He said, yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> Dude, that's... No, for real. Hey, he, Riker, go back to that episode with Matt McCoy, The Price, where they are trying to negotiate the ownership of the Barzan wormhole. And... The Ferengi have, like, somebody has hired this guy to come in, and he's trying to play everybody, and he, he's trying to play the Enterprise crew and Commander Riker, who's doing the negotiations, by dating Deanna, and when when Riker and, uh, what the heck is the character's name? I can't remember it. No, I remember Amanda McCoy's character, when they, um... When they're sitting together on the uh, in ten forward and talking about this whole thing, Riker's like, "If you're going to make her happy, that's all I'd ever want. You can't play me. You're not going to get some advantage over me uh, because of this." And Deanna is too smart and too good not to see through any BS that you're playing. So right. if you're being legit, then I wish you guys all the best. And if you're not, None of this is none of this hooey that you're blowing is going to make any difference. I'm glad you brought that up because the the same sort of frequency is happening in his mind right now. And he's like, oh, okay, so data's laying it down. We're like, all the worlds are yeah. converging, and we got to figure it out. And these are all basically the same starship. And he is nutting up without thinks for a second and knows what to say. And we're going to get to probably one of the most disturbing images ever in Star Trek. Oh, I know. Um, the we can't go back. The Borg is taking over. Like, mm-hmm. but you can't blame them. <laughs> no, I don't. In, in I mean, I've I've read some really wonderful DC Star Trek comics about exactly that, and it's phenomenal. And it's hard to take because even in those stories, as a parallel universe, the universe where Picard has not been returned and the Borg have taken over, Riker and that Enterprise D have devolved essentially into being space pirates Ooh, until they encounter the enterprise uh, the you know the enterprise d of our prime reality and uh, have to sucker them into we got, we need your help to help us destroy the borg in our reality it's a fascinating telling but God, I'd love to know I'd love to know what's going on with that with that wharf on our prime uh, agreed. continuity. A couple things that pop in my head. Riker sees what's going on, looks back, sees wharf, looks and sees other wharf. The fact that mm-hmm. Picard trusts and understands, like like oh, he, that's, he, dude, he, he knows real. and understands. Like he didn't just like think about it for a day or two. No. Thirty seconds. Let's talk about it. We'll figure it out. Let's fucking do this. Like like we, Dude, that's, we, I, we I think have that's... to we have to act. And the crux of everything that we're talking about is that we we don't exist in a reality where Okay, there and, were a lot of arguments of leaders, about any of our leaders would ever be able to do that and then thirty seconds as well eight months. No, I eight. mean you get a tight knit crew like this. What I'm saying is the, the, the writers of this series started to have a hard time with Gene Roddenberry's concept for it, that these people are the best. They don't argue with one another. They don't get into tiffs. They are it. Like, this doesn't even have the Spock, McCoy, Kirk 
the, dynamic. Yeah, the, 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 These people are so good that the writers had to figure out to, how to create tension more often than not from outside. This is an impermeable crew where you cannot we, fluster them that much. They had However, to, they had to learn how to be better people to continue to write the goddamn show that's fucking awesome. You're going to you're going to see a total switch when you get to Deep Space 9. And then you're going to see a different switch if you end up watching Voyager. Those people on Voyager have a lot of them don't have any business working with any of the other people and they have, it, it takes years for them to develop those relationships and every time something is stable they add a new element and it changes. So nothing ever uh solidifies on Voyager. Now, and when it does, that's when they jump the shark. Now, now to make a joke here, in order to make things wrong in Rikerverse, just mess his hair up and unfurl his beard. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a sad state of thing to see an Enterprise where there's only two main cast members visible on screen because things are that bad. Because you have to assume everybody except for Riker and Worf are wiped out on that. Now, if they wanted to be extraordinarily gutsy there, they would have shown us an Enterprise D from that reality that was just the, uh, just the, uh, the, uh, uh, the, oh god, the engineering section. Now, we've got Worf going into the original uh, shuttlecraft to recreate everything to put things back together. And mm -hmm. without fear, says goodbye, um, wakes up. I love the first thing he's thinking of. Where's my fucking trophy? <laughs> <laughs> no, the trophy makes sense as a as a yeah. A, a you lynch, know, a oh, I know pin. I'm right where I'm supposed to be. A linchpin, like I, I won that fucking battle. Like, See, it, the thing that I have a problem with here is that that he goes back. It's that it's that oh, it was all a dream episode concept. I would really rather him whip in and report, everybody report. knows that this happens. Or, you know? or, or at least report in, um, like, hey, this just happened, and we got to be careful. We need to map that part of space. This just happened. We can scan him. We can tell if he's oh. crazy or not. Like, we, we that like, wouldn't be that wouldn't be bad. Uh, at least on, I, I gotta say, at least in the in one of the uh, weird parallel universe episodes of Voyager, in the end, they had a character switch up, and it was like. Oh well, you know, are you te technically really my captain? And it's a joke at the end of the episode. It's like, do I technically have to follow your orders? And she's just like, technically, you friggin' better <laughs> if you ever want to see a see a, a an advance in rake, which they never did. But you know, yeah. yeah well, I would have liked to have seen a little bit of where he reported back and said this just happened. They scanned space and said, okay, this is a dangerous area. Yeah. Alerted, alerted everyone. They they got his memories on you know on record, and you know really just took into heart that like this happened to one of our crew members. Oh look at her. Yeah, she's so. Perfect. You know I think that the the other failing here, if you're gonna fail anything here, you're gonna mention Alexander in dialogue and not have any scenes that involve him. They they really really. <laughs> You could have you could have knocked it out of the park by having Alexander in this episode well, somewhere. Well, maybe the actual actor that played Alexander was a real disappointment. <laughs> oh come on! 
Yeah, unfortunately, Brian Bonsnell had some serious problems, Did but he, not while well. he was a little he, kid in he, this show. He committed suicide, didn't he? I don't know the answer to that. That's, that, that's oh my gosh! I hope not. He was the kid that played the original Grace Under Fire son in Grace Under Fire. Are you sure? Yes. Let me look this up. I'm, I'm, I'm um, yeah, don't look up. Don't look. Don't look up Alexander. Look up Rojenko. Uh, I'm looking it up. The kid that played him. He's played by a bunch of different actors. Uh, Brian Bonsall is the one I think you're looking into. Uh, His name's Quentin. Quentin uh, in the show. Quentin Kelly. Yeah, he committed suicide January first, twenty eighteen, age thirteen, age age thirty three. Which, I'm sorry, which actor are you talking about? I've got four different actors portraying Alexander. John Stewart, Brian Bonsell, Mark Warden, and James Sloyan. All right, so John Paul Stewart. Of course, Stewart. James Sloyan was John the Paul uh, adult version. John Paul Stewart, he plays Alexander on 1990. Uh, let me pull it in. Let's see if it gives me the exact episode. I don't season, know what you're season, talking about. Season 4. November 3rd, 1990. I, I'm pretty goddamn sure he was the first iteration of Alexander. Nope, I'm afraid not. Yeah, John Stewart played him originally in uh, in the first episode he appears in, uh, then Brian Bonsall, then Mark Warden playing him in... Uh, Deep Space Nine as a teenager, and then, uh, or maybe a twenty-something. I, you know, I got to do the math. And then James Sloyan, who ha- played a lot of different characters, plays uh, adult from the future Alexander in an episode. Well, this kid but, played uh, him in episode four, uh, episode, uh, season eight, episode four, reunion. Season eight? No, got eight point four. I'm thinking uh, season four, episode seven. Reunion. Season 4, Episode 7. That's John Stewart. Nope, he's listed. John Paul Stewart. What? Alexander Rosenko. Oh, John, uh, born as John Paul Stewart. I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, that's John the, Stewart. Yeah. He, he was in the, the uh, Little Giants movie. Really? Yeah, he was the kid that the dad was never home. <laughs> Um, oh, okay, I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, that's too bad. Th- yeah, thoughts? that's unfortunate. Thoughts on the episode is I am, first and foremost, like, thankful to whatever Didi made this episode happen for Worf. Because it's really where we get a Worf episode. and But mm-hmm. it's, it's so gnarly, the fact that when we get a, a specific character episode, because we get a lot of data episodes... We get a couple of Riker episodes, but when very few and far between Worf episodes. But this was fucking heavy hitting. This was dude. A, I think every time you have a Worf episode, they come in like a like a meteor impact. I mean, they're just they they leave a big change every time they do happen. It matters. It like like it's mm-hmm. it's, it's not like one of those things where Nightcrawler and Kitty Pride go on this little little escapade for like two issues and then it doesn't matter. These mm-hmm. matter. Everything that happens impacts everything. Whether whether or not they reference it again, but like the the I can feel the vibrations and how the characters work that that happened, 
and we grew as people and friends, and, you know, we're going on the next uh, escapade, adventure, and we're better people, and we're better suited for our um, task in unexplored space. Yeah. What do you think about uh, throwing throwing Wesley in there? They talked about uh, bringing Yar back for this episode, but you, they you, did not. You fucked me when I told you I was about to watch this. And so you, one of your favorite people is about to show up. I'm like, sweet, Yar. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I, I would have loved that they would have had Yar, uh, but the fact mm-hmm. it, it was more heavy-hitting that they had Will Wheaton back in the first place, knowing the history of, of him having to leave or feeling pressured to leave after what it felt like to grow up being in Star Trek at school and his regular day-to-day life. Um, I love the fact that he came back for this. He looked great. He looked phenomenal. Like, I, I can respect any guy yeah. that looks badass with slick back hair. But he, you know, uh, head of security. I feel like he was a little underutilized, but there wasn't a whole lot of opportunity and time for him to... Uh to do that much in the episode. What, when did he leave? Episode, uh, season three? Uh, shoot, dude, I don't remember. I don't, uh, yeah, he, he, uh, he wasn't That's in, a good question. He wasn't in it long enough, but he, but all the Crusher episodes were great. Um, but I, I, I love the fact that they brought him back. I would have assumed that if he brought him back, if I was writing it, I would, I would have thought it would be natural he'd be head of engineering. Oh, yeah, no, of course. It was very odd for him to be in in security but at the same time when you think about it it that's the reality that is one of many many realities where the borg in some way did so much to starfleet that maybe you know any any in a reality that's absent of captain picard i uh, i think the idea is i don't ever want that to happen to somebody again i can see why he would switch over to that but then you've got a killer engineer uh in the security division and you know, but you lose that awesome child prodigy concept too. Agreed. So there's a lot of places to go with it. The the fact that but, he would uh, have evol- yeah. evolved to security, like that mm-hmm. that that's what like, the questions of how he would have got there is what made me happy with the fact that they were careful about it. And, and yeah, they, and they they tested us to a pretty hardcore extreme on this on this ish, uh, episode. Um, yeah, they really did. I, I gotta say, uh, this is one of my favorite. I got. I want to say this is probably my like top four. Oh, that's good. That's cool. Yeah, there's. A, I I appreciate where you're coming from with that because I get the uh, the aspect of how much you've you've thrown out there for how prescient Counselor Troy is as a character and the the trust and faith that these characters all have with one another. Uh, to be able to overcome so many things, I think that's a. I think that's the thing that you go back to so often as a viewer, and uh, that's the thing that you comment on more than more than anything. Uh, I mean, I think I could count. I, I think I've lost count of all of the comments on <laughs> on Riker being amazing and how much we love Yar and what you love about Wesley. You're like you're probably his biggest fan. I've never met anybody. Uh, I, I who love was it. just like this guy is so awesome, and uh, I really hope that we can go to some cons and run into these guys, and you know, let them know what you think about them. You know, I, I just want to I want to shake Will Wheaton's hand. Um, like from what I've read about his upbringing, like you know, being child star, being bullied mercilessly for being in Star Trek, and 
and then doing a really well job at, and I say well, not good because I hate that show, uh, Big Bang Theory. But oh yeah, I I, I I follow him on Instagram. He's not a wokester. He is a someone that cares about people's feelings, and cares about the stories that he's been involved in and, and the impact that they've had on people and he recognizes that and he doesn't in any way pull back from it like oh yeah come on man like you're, it's just a show you know uh, like beginning of galaxy oh, no. like, like beginning of galaxy quest no not at all like like the, the guy just has a good time and, and and respects the fortunate circumstances his life has taken being part of this show and I love the fact that there's never a bad story like, oh, I met Will Wheaton, he was a fucking asshole to me. You're never going to have that. I don't think that I've ever even heard of that being the case uh, when he was having a rough time with his identity around the show. Um, I don't think I ever heard of him being unfriendly. uh, But um, I do recall, like, I did see him at a Trek Expo in... uh, in Tulsa when I was a kid and he wanted to come out right out of the gate and make the point that he isn't this guy. He isn't that character. And he had had his issues with, with the, uh, with what what that particular fame brought down. But then when I got to talk to him in Las Las Vegas later, before before you tell us about what what you talked about, let me, let me take over for about like 45 seconds. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just one of those things that I, I, I see the interviews with the guy. I see how he talks to his fans. I see how he presents himself as a person that is a celebrity and also as a person that's a, a goddamn person. And he is so respectful to to the craft, so respectful to the people that have built him up. And it's one of those things that I've done that before too, man. I've done, I've done that before too. Uh, it's so respectful to the craft that uh, uh, inside joke guys, like we had to pee for a while. We got an inside yeah. joke going on here. Uh, one of those things that, like, I, I, I would want to meet him and hug him and shake his shake his hand as oh, a, yeah. as a man, not as a fan. That's that's something, dude. I, I gotta say, that's yeah, that's a good way to take it. Uh, I will say this in meeting him. And uh, enjoying the moments of time that we had together, getting my game card signed. He has the best signature I, I think I've got on any of my stuff. His <laughs> just he really went out of the way to to make that look special. And and uh, I gotta say, his game card is freaking legit. People are always like, "Oh no, Wesley shouldn't have blah blah blah." I'm like, "Dude, no. There's nothing about that game card <laughs> that doesn't make sense for Wesley. Wesley what, is what is should, awesome." What should the next episode uh, we do? Uh, I, I'm really thinking the Pegasus, just cause. Um, oh man, that's a mess. Yeah, that's a hard one. We if you want to talk, if that's a big time character study with Riker for sure. That's a good one. We got to do lower decks. Uh, lower decks, I think, is a big deal. We got uh, a long box. Lower decks. Lower decks is such a different episode, and you know that's what I'm saying. Like, it, what you know, it, I think a gutsy move in any season would be to have a special guest character that no one's ever heard of or seen before come in and be like, "This crazy crap is happening to me," and the bridge crew just be like, "Okay, we got to figure that out." You know, like we'll figure that out. 
it's it happens for everybody. It's not just when it happens to War for Data or Riker or Troy or something like that. But like Lower Decks has that quality uh, because it's it's about characters that aren't the typical bridge crew. And to think about how important that episode is in relation to the entire franchise what that one episode does for the whole franchise hasn't even it hasn't even come close except for maybe the deep space nine episode valiant which is about uh a you're familiar are you familiar with the uss defiant at all are you do you know what that ship is uh in deep space nine Round about season three, they finally get a starship in, uh, uh, that's attached to the station. Because the station's not going anywhere. It's in orbit of Bajor. Uh, and then it moves out to the wormhole terminus. But then they're like, okay, well, there's the Dominion on the other side of the uh, wormhole. We need a ship that ha- packs a punch. And, uh, we, and it's the Defiant. And that's a ship that Commander Sisko helped to design to fight the Borg after Wolf 359 took place. But the ship is so powerful that it just stands a pretty good chance of blowing itself up every time it does anything. And uh, it's a lot smaller. It's definitely ultra-small compared to a Galaxy-class ship. But you watch that series and you're like, that ship is so awesome, so much fun, it's finally a battleship and Starfleet and blah, 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 and it's doing cool stuff all the time. And uh, and um, then ultimately during the Dominion War, spoiler alert, uh, a couple of characters come across another Defiant class ship. The only other one we ever see, uh, technically, and I'm not going to get into that spoiler alert, but um, it is a ship that's crewed by Starfleet cadets, Starfleet trainees. So they haven't even graduated into being like like the trainees right. uh, that you see in Star Trek Two, and so what I'm getting at is like that's the closest we ever get to the lower decks concept again. Uh, yeah, I mean, unless you really want to yeah, try to throw in stuff from let's, Discovery, let's, but uh, that that episode is critical. It is. Let me let me look at the uh, rest of the season seven. Let's let's do Pegasus next, and then do Lower Decks because there's Homeworld, Sub Rosa, Lower Decks, <laughs> Thine Own Self, Mask. You are Eye of the Beholder, <laughs> Genesis. Oh, I love masks. People do not like masks. I love born, it. Bloodlines, Emergence. Strike. Journey's End is gonna hurt your heart, man. Oh god damn it! Like, like I, I appreciate the warning, but when you tell me shit like that, it's, <laughs> it's 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 like like I warned you, but like I also could not warn you for the amount of emotional strife and hurt you're about to go through. <laughs> like at least I had. A I war- mean, at least I had a warning, but there's like the, the these next gen hits so hard you can't really put. The, define that in the words you can just be like warning this is gonna hurt all right yeah i mean i'm I'm telling you specifically because it's a character specific thing and uh um i mean nothing nothing will probably ever hurt you as hard as as what happens to yar but i'm gonna say like you know you've seen uh you saw dark page right yeah you remember that episode i do i mean that is of course that that's the episode that features uh 
If you're looking at season seven and you've got a ways to go, Dark Page, of course, features Kirsten Dunst in one of her early childhood roles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When she's the... the uh... Yeah, she's the... I don't remember the, what alien species the, the, that the, is off the top of my head. No, now. I thought she was one of uh, no, Troy's. Little empathic character. Yeah, I thought she was one of... Uh... Oh, God, why am I spacing on the... What she's Troy... not a she's not a Betazoid. She is she a totally a, different. I thought she was a kid Betazoid. No, you got to look at the alien makeup on that and see the weird like temporal the, the lobes on the sides of their head. They are they're not they're not uh, Betazoids. They're a different species. Um, they couldn't commute. They didn't have much of a concept of spoken communication, uh, and that's why it was such a big deal. Was the kind of stuff the, the way they were forcing their their thoughts onto Loxana Troy and Deanna was what was messing with, was what set off Loxana's uh, memories of her first child. Um, the Pegasus definitely is a really good one. I think you'll, I think you'll really specifically like Pegasus. Um, I think you'll really love Lower Decks. I'm not telling you what not to watch or anything like right, that. Right, right. But, we're, uh, we're, playing, we're, we're scoping out what we need to do next before, before we uh, finish yeah. off. And then... I particularly love... Uh, um, where is it? Masks. I feel like there is a whole story to that episode that no one ever went back and wrote. And if I were... If I had license to be writing DC Comics... Uh, Star Trek back in the 90s when they were doing their first stuff and when Peter David was involved. If someone said, "Colin, write us a write us a Star Trek comic," I would I would I would write the backstory for Masks. Be like, "Okay, cool. We got to go check this thing out." Uh, and it's just one of those crazy things. I gotta say, another thing. <laughs> I mean, Lower Decks totally riffs on that episode. Um, Bloodlines is interesting. Firstborn is. Uh, is a tough one. Journey's End is. I think that's gonna that's gonna mess with you. That's gonna hurt your heart a bit. Uh, Preemptive Strike, really a uh, like for being the penultimate episode of a series that is generally pretty lighthearted, has the darkest ending of maybe the whole franchise out or maybe the whole uh, whole series outside of Yar getting killed. Um, God damn. And then, of course, All Good Things is the most beloved episode of TNG, the best, the best final episode of any show I've ever watched. Uh, and that's counting the last episode of Quantum Leap, which breaks my heart. But uh, anyway, yeah, guys, that was that episode. That was Parallels. Uh, if you guys have anything to say, if you, all of you minefielders, if you get something to say, are we right, are we wrong, what do you think? Hit us uh, up on the, like, yeah. like the, the link to email us, Colin and Josh, at minefieldscommonspodcast.com. You can subscribe at the website. We are on every comic book, or, I'm sorry, every podcast downloader, Apple, Amazon, Stitcher, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, like... I, I keep finding us on weird things, just because uh, <laughs> what we pay for uh, just puts us out there. And yeah, it's just, I think it's fun. Some someone will someone will get a hold of me, send me a text, and I'm like, "Oh, is this you?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, it's us." Yeah, there it was, we are, because they, they find us. They find us. Uh, we we do good. We do good work. We're proud of it, and we're proud of you guys. And we hope we make you. We feel. We hope we make you feel as justified as it was when you watched this alone. 
20 years ago. Oh, yeah. Like, one, yeah, that's one, a, I like that. That's nice. I, I don't always know what it is I want to share necessarily. but Wondering where the rest of us are. You're hoping that there's other people out there like us uh, that are enjoying, whether you're up late night watching uh, Deep Space Nine or Space Above and Beyond or re-watching oh, re, re X-Files or marking out over sliders uh we're out there <laughs> we, we, sliders. yeah it was good shit man we, we feel like uh, we were there with you, and we can't wait to meet you and send us your thoughts and concerns and uh uh send us off man yeah I, i'm gonna say i i dig what you're saying right there um i would say if you haven't watched something that you loved as a kid you should rewatch it every ten years, maybe, if you loved it that much, and you know, especially if it holds up. And if it doesn't, you got to think of it as being a product of its time. And that's that. Uh, I, I appreciate watching and rewatching these shows because I just I feel like I I always see something that I haven't caught before or that makes me feel differently because I'm getting older, and that that doesn't bother me it's just it makes it fresh it keeps it that way so all right guys thanks very much we'll talk to you again soon uh this transmission is over and this is dangerous <laughs>